Stop internet. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. My name is Matthew Kroll. And if OJ Simpson was black, this shit wouldn't have happened. My name is Sheer Dowd, and wow. welcome to the, the only no podcast dance. about yeah. movies. Holy. Swinging, sw- coming out the gate swinging. Coming out. Uh, specifically the film, OJ Made in America. I'm going to put an asterisk next to the word film, and we're going to talk about that in some detail, I think. Oh, I think we will. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about it alone, Shahir. Well, no, we're not. I like to talk with you alone, but... That's terrifying, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but this time around, I wanted to have someone in the room who had... A, some legal expertise. B, also an interest in film. And that's murder a, experience. And, yeah, and also a, a certified murderer. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's a hard thing to come by. Like you're It's a triple threat that you just don't see a lot. Yeah, a lawyer who's committed a crime who also <laughs> has written a screenplay. Yeah, a, maybe about said crime. <laughs> but having reached out to a few people, they all converged on this one person who's sitting in the room right now who's already won the guest game by bringing us treats. Melissa London Helfer is a, a former... Lawyer, am, yes. am I? Is that correct? Yes, and, 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 I'm no uh, longer lawyer. No longer lawyering. Retired. Okay. So if <laughs> I have questions, if I have questions that Recovering I need to ask you lawyer. about yes. uh, my how many years details. clean? How many clears clean have you been? I mean, it's a decade. Oh man, every day is a struggle. Yeah, <laughs> and also turned screenwriter. Recently, yeah. successfully sold screenwriter, Yay. having sold three, th- two spec scripts, and working on a working on an adaptation. There's stuff you don't even know about. Oh my god, yeah, I've sold three specs, but. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of stuff. Good stuff. A bunch of good stuff. Wait, do we not know about the murder? Were we not supposed to talk about the murder? (laughs) The murder one's out. No, no, there's stuff you know about, but it's like a little outdated. Gotcha. So for those who who don't know about it, there's a script called Unfit, which you've been working on. Can you tell us a little bit about Unfit? Sure. So um, Unfit is a... A, a comedy. No, it's oh, not no. a comedy at all. <laughs> it's a serious historical drama about um, the case of Buck v. Bell that happened in 1927, mm-hmm. um, basically the culmination of the U.S. eugenics movement. Okay. And it's a seriously tragic um, cautionary tale. And this is uh, going to be starring uh, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. Yep. So that yes. makes perfect sense to me. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> to be, to to be, be honest, fair, I'm sure she's wonderful. She's a great actress and yeah. also was very... Um, into the story even before this right. script came about. To be honest with you, I saw Fifty Shades of Grey recently and I kind of liked it. And yeah, I know but that's, that's, a, that's up your like, that's no, up your kind of like wannabe kink alley, but not quite no, there. No. <laughs> you know what it was, was, you know what it was about uh, Fifty Shades? And I know we're going down a little sidetrack here, but I think that I, I liked that there was a film that was trying to be a franchise about a mature topic. Yeah. yeah. But it does not treat it maturely at all. How does it? I mean, it's Twilight fan fiction. Well, no, that's it's the Twilight that's, fan that's fiction. The it's very profitable. Twilight fan fiction. It's Twilight fan. The fiction. book was Twilight fan, fan fiction. fiction. I think the but film. But they I, hired an incredible screenwriter to. How different? I, now, admittedly, I'm making judgment calls on a film I have not seen. Okay, uh, so right, let's just wait, back this train me, up. A I second. can recommend another Dakota film that's fantastic. Which is that? Um, called A Bigger Splash. Oh, oh yeah, Italian film. That's Luca, a, Vig- yes, yeah. and yes. she just worked with him again on something called Suspiria, which is a remake for. Yeah, Amazon yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrific. Terrific. Side note: I will also never judge an actor or an actress for working on a piece that's sort of that I would put into the category of Fifty Shades. Yeah. I I think it's a it's a move you everyone do should yeah, do. You, you got to do it. Again. It's it's a wonderful career move. So that's never a problem. It's just from a from a viewership standpoint. I will also say, not giving any assessment of the movie, uh, your movie, positive or, or negative. No, Fifty Shades. 
We should have a whole other hour on Fifty Shades, um, which would mean you'd have to watch it. No, right. she was great in it. I thought. I, I mean, I, th- I really thought. I heard she thing. was good, I I, and the I, dude was. Uh, no, here's the thing. Yeah. I think everyone w- walked into that movie, and apparently, it was laughable. I didn't find it laughable. I thought it was like it wasn't a great, great. I'm. I think this is an amazing movie, but I thought it was like it set out to do what it was going to do, and it did it. And I was kind of like, okay, cool. I'm with you. Um, well, by everything I've learned about her, um, she's a really, really smart young woman and yeah. super interested in this. That's great. Historical topic. So very psyched that she's signed on to do it. Yeah. So that's very exciting for you to obviously. And, there, that, and it's yes. a, and, and again, I think both of your scripts unfit and undone, which could be our nicknames in this room, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, which one am I? Oh, I'll think about that. I'm definitely yeah, unfit. I only write right. scripts. I'm undone. No, that's a hundred percent. Um, uh, is also, uh, both these films have some legal element to it yes. because obviously, obviously because of your background. Yes. Um, but it, uh, that's an area that you're interested in. And it's, I think an area why we wanted to have you on the show as well to discuss this particular film, but, but do you film quotes, film quotes? Oh yeah. But right. do you, Asterisk. do yeah. you, do you kind of like stay within that? You know, like, do you want to stay within the, do you find the world of like the way the legal world intersects with the real world. Kind it's of. a good question. And I actually am just now working on a book adaptation about a sadistic male lawyer. There you go. Um, who, who, who is a, so we've um, got the trifecta lawyer going on domestic violence cases. Yeah. And then he on, on the side is a, a sadist. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think that the reason I went to law school in the first place mm-hmm. is I've always found justice to be something that really attracted me. I'm like, I argue for, I told you guys I was, you know, doing work for the WJ. Like I'm one of those people who likes to, you know, fight for justice. justice. Um, yeah. yeah. And law also involves a lot of storytelling. So, Mm -hmm. um, so it's not crazy that I end up telling stories that have sort of a legal or justice kind of bent to them. Cause I was always interested in it. And if you even want to jump to the other side of that spectrum, you could, if you wanted, while still being in that wheelhouse, write the next judge dread movie. I totally could. Yeah. I totally could. If you want to make that Keith Urban back. Yeah. Yes. Into superhero movies. Actually, uh, fun. I was just remembering as well. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer because of this one movie called From the Hip, which was about this lawyer who gets like promoted into oh, this yeah. legal. Remember with Judd yeah, Nelson? Yeah, yeah. It's like a tacky. From the Hip. Yes. Yeah. It's a tacky, tacky movie. It's like movie. super 80s. Right? Yeah, yeah. Very, very 80s. But then like at some point. That strikes me as like over the top. <laughs> it's pretty close to All right. yeah. But at some point I was I, I made the shift because I realized what I was actually in love with was the movie, not necessarily the actual legal process. I went to I I did like I have a background in commercial law, but a very slight, you know, like it was part of my degree and I yeah. didn't didn't what follow did through with you it. What did you do? Have you so you've listened to a couple of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And literally every time she adds another thing like I was raised on a houseboat in Spain. <laughs> and I'm like, I, okay, how old are you, vampire? Yeah, I'm a little bit older than you, but not that much older. Just two hundred and nineteen. <laughs> many lives. So the reason we're all here in the room today is a film that I've been wanting to talk about ever since I, since I watched it, it's on Hulu available for free streaming right now. You can't talk about it yet because you didn't do housekeeping. Oh, because I didn't do housekeeping. Yeah. See, this is the thing. I, I, you're so excited. I know. Calm down. Just collect your thoughts. I learned how to do things, but I didn't learn how to do the basics, like clean up after myself. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Good transition. My mom has been complaining about this all the way, but if my mom wanted to write us in, she could write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or she could hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod, go on our website and write me an angry note about how I didn't clean my bedroom when I was a teenager at www.onlymoviepodcast.com. 
Com. Another thing he did in his life. He's a messy teenager. He was, of course. Well, yeah, that, or, or what he didn't did do. Uh, yeah. Also, you can see us on, uh, you can't really see us. You can hear us on iTunes. Please, if you like what you hear, leave us some stars. We like stars. Uh, you know, they mean we're doing a good job. Uh, yes. Okay. Now, Shakir, we've you've eaten your vegetables. Okay. We're, we've eaten. Well, I think at this point, we're about to make you eat your vegetables because what? this is a what? movie. I already ate my vegetables. You made me watch seven hours and this 47 a- minutes of content. Melissa, I got to tell you. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I've given, I, I told Matt, hey, we're going to do this movie about two months ago. Movie quotes, <laughs> and, uh, asterisk. And it, <laughs> right. it literally has taken him this long to watch it. And every time I would check in on him, he'd be like, he'd be like, ah, yeah, I'm doing it. And well, the funny thing was when I signed you up to, to yes. do it, like two days later, you said, yeah, I've seen it. I've watched, I've watched it all in, in a couple of days. Dude. And Matt, Matt still was like. A few, it took him another couple of weeks to actually get through this. But you, you booking her did also <laughs> make me want, finish it faster. Sure. But I guess the point was, was that I knew this was a struggle for you, Matt. This was, this was a, this was an endurance test well, for you. It's, it's not, and again, I'll say straight up right now. It's not that I didn't enjoy it by any means of the imagination. It's just, uh, I'm in a lot of media debt right. and I have a lot of different media things pulling at my media time. I and feel though that like whenever I come over, you're like, I'm going to watch, Do- you, you say things like, I'm going to watch Doctor Strange and I'll be there like, have you watched the OJ doc yet? And you'll be like, I'm going to watch Doctor Strange first. Which I haven't, I haven't watched <laughs> Doctor Strange yet. I bought Doctor Strange. I haven't watched it. And I get in this thing where I have Blu-rays that I buy okay. and then I don't Here's watch. Here's what's crazy. I watched the OJ thing in two days. And since I talked to you, I've watched Doctor Strange. Ah, oh, there you go. Right, I haven't watched Doctor Strange Watch yet. your back, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you see what I'm saying here? But this was a, this, so, uh, so for anyone it's listening in, the, tell us what the OJ doc is about is if, as if we didn't know. Uh, it's, <laughs> what do you mean? To, yeah. What uh, is the IMD synopsis oh, for the OJ? Oh, I can do that. Okay. Here yeah. we go. Uh, it is the defining cultural tale of modern America, a saga of race, celebrity, media, violence, and the criminal justice system. And two decades after its unforgettable climax, it continues to fascinate, polarize, and develop new chapters. Is there a subject to that it in there? Like, did they actually say what it, what it is? No, in <laughs> fact, this, uh, this doesn't, this is more of a statement on the case itself, which is again, a bigger problem I have with, with the, with the film asterisk the, overall, rather than what the film does. Okay. Asterisk. Yeah. So I, that's that. I mean, everyone, look, if you <laughs> live in America or you lived in America during this time, there's no way you didn't glean a, 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 even a portion of this thing. Now, maybe you didn't catch it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe this offered some new, some new tidbits in there, but everyone knows about the OJ Simpson trial in one way or another. Why does everyone know about now? So, so to, to, to come to your point about that, I lived in New Zealand when the OJ Simpson trial was happening. And a uh, funny story was, was that the morning of the verdict, I, I stayed home and I watched uh, TV to, to see what was happening. And I was late for school. So I arrived at school late. And when you li- arrive at school, you had to like sign a slip to say why you were late. And I scribbled down OJ Simpson. Wow. And, my, and my best friend, Matt Clymer, who turned up after me, who was late because he's just late, wrote Bart Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> And he got detention. See more butts. (laughs) (laughs) And he got detention, and I didn't because I was. I don't know why. (laughs) I know why. It's very clear why. You were watching a cultural touchpoint, and he was being a doofus. And here's the thing: Why was the O.J. Simpson trial a cultural touchpoint for for even people in New Zealand? I guess that that's my that's that's a question to you Americans in the room. Yeah. Well, I mean, after you. Well, I was going to say one of the things that I picked up from this doc that I think, I mean, I was younger 
mm-hmm. when this all happened. And I don't know that I knew at the time why it was such a huge case, but right. OJ was a huge star. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I had never watched footage of him playing football mm-hmm. and there's footage of his most yes. famous, the Heisman trophy run. The, the, yeah. It's truly incredible. It reminded mm-hmm. me, I once saw Michael Jordan play for the Bulls. Oh, and yeah. I said to my husband yeah. in, for real. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it was magical like that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like you, it's someone who floats and has like a supernatural gift. They yeah. have an ability to do something with their body that, that makes them superhuman in yes, some way. Yes. And I think that was part of it. And then I also didn't know that he had created this whole, I knew it was a naked gun, but I didn't know he was like a bona fide star. Yeah. Right. And, and I think on my end of it, you, you know, as much as I love superheroes, I am not a sports guy. Yeah. And uh, so when this happened, I just knew he was a famous football player and I didn't like, he was literally like, before, you know, you start learning stuff about the case and everything, I, I was just like, oh, famous football player accused of murdering his, his his wife and another person. I was like, OK, that and even when I was younger, I was like, yeah, that's a that's a thing. So like it never uh, it, it until it built up around itself. I didn't understand really what the fuss was about as far yeah. as like I mean, and there was a fuss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I didn't have a real tie with it until really, I think the. Maybe right after the Bronco. Okay. Well, and then that's sort of the the low speed chase of the Bronco was they cut into television to show it. Yeah. Didn't so they, they cut into like a, a major event at some point, didn't they? Like well, the president speaking or something. Yeah, that, something that was in the doc. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I mean, I, I, no, that I was probably like, wouldn't have been watching. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was probably watching like Melrose Place at the whatever yeah, yeah. year it was. Yep, yep. Um, but whatever it was, they cut into it. And I really hadn't been familiar with OJ. I just knew he was this famous sports figure. So I wasn't aware of why it was a big, I mean, right. it's a big deal because it's a murder, but like, and I guess a low speed chase, it was just the facts were so bizarre yeah. that I think people found that interesting too. And then the media clung onto this whole race thing, which I think know. also, uh, it was also the first thing time too, that they were allowed into a courtroom of a major thing, right. With cameras and nonsense. That yeah, was like it broadcast. was, but also, and also, you know, the, the entire process seemed to have been televised this. I think this was the nexus point between news becoming a commercial enterprise where you, they had to capture ratings versus just an informational thing. Ugh. So the idea yeah. that, that they, they would just, you know, like this was the, the point at which if it bleeds, it leads kind of became a thing, I guess, you know, like, um, yeah you know, you could cut to the actual Bronco, you know, going down the, down the freeway and you could cut back to it. It was like, what's happening in the OJ trial. And like, as, as it went on for, you know, a couple of years, it was like, what's happening in the OJ trial now. So it was like, in a way, this might be the big, the, the beginnings of reality TV or at least some point, the inception of what our idea of reality TV eventually became. Well, it's, it's how they learned that they could mill. I mean, this story is compelling due to all the reasons this seven and some change hour doc exists, but I think they also learned that like, Oh, you can say the same shit over and over and over again. And as long as you kind of promise something might be coming up, people will still watch it. Right. And that sucks. Uh, I I mean, it's, what do you mean you don't? That's awful. Like, for example, I'm a a big fan of uh, true crime stories and I'm a big fan of, for example, Serial Mm -hmm. and the Jinx. And and the, the great, the great structural thing that Serial did was that it would go over material over and over again but in each episode and then tease just to something, a little bit something. Serial did it up until the end and then it mm-hmm. didn't, but Serial did it 
and actually like was educating you on important things, not mm-hmm. saying the same shit. And don't worry, we have something else coming up for no reason. You're like critiquing yeah. news, does, right? Yes, I'm, critiquing. I'm critiquing well, news. Serial was different because it was ex post. It was after the thing yeah. happened. Yeah. So they could pick out the interesting facts and tell and it in some a different post analysis. This well. was at the time. It's like they're in the Bronco. Now we're hearing he has a gun to his head. Yeah. Now we're hearing so-and-so's, you know, tra- tra- passing in a car. So it's like, it was the stuff that was happening was bona fide interesting. A guy had a gun to his, you know, like that's yeah. a famous dude driving an all-speed right. chase with a gun. But like to his you head. could just tell us that and then cut back to Melrose Place and like <laughs> tell me when something happens. Right. But there were people who were really glued to it and wanted to see what happened. And I guess maybe it was the first time they real and they were getting great ratings, yeah, making money. So, yeah. so Matt, seven and a half hours in, how do you how did how did, minutes, how seven, did 47. you endure? I mean, fine. I had to watch it in a bunch of pieces. Um, I, I, you know, first thought sort of thing, uh, for it would be the first episode was the hardest for me to get through because again, I'm not sports guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. as you can tell by our lovely studio, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, so watching like highlights and sort of like, it was so interesting because the first three hours of this film is based on like kind of leading up to, uh, the murders and, uh, it would any time it cut to like how awesome at sports he was, which was about half the time of that three hours. I was like, I don't. Care. I felt exactly the opposite. Really, I'm totally not a sports person. I don't care. I mean, I really don't care. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I even now I don't know what team. Uh, if I thought he was in Buffalo, Buffalo, yeah, right. yeah, 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 okay. But I mean, only because I like had seven hours of hearing about it. Yeah, right. Um, but I thought the level he played at when they actually showed that thing, I was like, oh my god, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean. I, I, it didn't, didn't show a lot of no, a lot of sports, but it was just footage. a lot of sort of his career and that sort of thing. And what I found it more interesting in though in that three hours was the way they kept cutting back and forth, and I felt they did it more aptly as that three hour period went on to the racial uh, divide and the racial issues that were yeah. going on at the same time as he was coming up, like the two tandem stories, right. uh, which eventually obviously clashes together, and then we get the whole kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The first, the first episode was the hardest. And then, uh, this is, this is, and again, I I know there's a ton of interesting things to talk about with the case, but if we're talking about this as a piece of media that we're going to ingest in a film and asterisk, that's the thing. Was it released as a film? It was. Okay. Because (laughs) it it did, it won won best documentary at the Oscars, which, and, and since then, the rules have changed to, to not allow a film like this. Uh, in right. And I, and I think that's entirely co- a correct move because if, if you want to classify this as a film mm-hmm. and, and for me, I don't know the full definition, even though we are the only podcast about movies. We're not the only uh, podcast about, about films. films. Yes. Loophole. Oh, oh. He just lawyered. Asterisk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's privileged. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so just the fact that this, one that was in that category and everything. Like I think as a film, it does fail in that definition because it is too damn long. So here, you know, back in the day I was an editor and you've edited, obviously, uh, I saw this, like I saw a compelling way to tell this in three hours right now. Now, but, but (laughs) to, to jump that true crime fans, Mm -hmm. they want it long. They want like it, they want the long form like and I totally get that because there's that sick fascination and I have it too. Mm-hmm. But uh, just of of a murder story and like every little detail and then everyone gets to play armchair detective. And like it's this weird sort of like cultural like uh, just l- look into the darkness of the human soul or lack thereof. Uh, so I, I get that from the other side of it. But if we're talking film, 
I think it fails. If we're talking series that I can watch in tiny chunks throughout, mm-hmm. and which I would not consider one film, then I think it's far more successful. I think you're 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 talking about the definition of what it is. What, what and the fact quick- that it won an award for it also bothers me. And I get an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I just. I guess what I'm asking you though is, did you think it was effective? Yes, but as it a, all yes as a asterisk, But it but it could have been just as effective shorter. Okay, I, I think it could have been shorter too. Yeah. It, it felt indulgent. I mean, I think it, felt it could like, have been four hours. Like, that's yeah, still a lot of yeah. time. It felt, it, it shouldn't ever been longer than the longest extended cut of Lord of the well, Rings. But you know what else? <laughs> we were trying to watch it in, well, I, who was doing my homework correctly, was trying yeah. to watch it quickly. You right? were just trying to that watch it. That was dilly-dallying. Yeah. But I think, I don't know how ESPN released it on TV, but was it like the FX show where it was like once a week for eight, seven weeks. So I've, I've listened to some no, interviews with, half, so with Israel Edelman. And I think they initially were, were planning to release 50 minute chunks. And then at some point they realized that the, the narrative structure of this fit into per- time periods. And they, and they said, well, oh. rather than release it as episodic chunks, we're going to fit it as time periods. Then they also screened it at film festivals with intermissions as a seven hour thing. Wow. Um, and people turned up for that and people, people stayed and watched the entire thing. Sure. But people will turn up for seven hours. There are the people that will just go watch like a nine hour film. Right. But so you're saying that your people will do that despite the film. Would, uh, I'm saying it's possible for, yeah, kind of. I'm not some saying people that people just don't have stuff to do with their Saturday. Right. Exactly. And some people like really <laughs> like, it, I mean, everyone has a different cup of tea, but right. I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm just saying just because a select few at a couple screenings, but it wasn't a select few. It, it, it played yeah. at many film festivals and it went on to win an Oscar for best documentary. By feature. select few. I mean, if you take the number of people that saw those screenings versus the number of people that see an average films, that's at this average length screenings. It is a select few. Sure. It's probably true. Yeah. Based on your own metric. Okay. Well, based well, on, well, based yeah. on reality. No, but, it, but the definition of the film thing is interesting yeah. because it, it, you know, it's like, is it fair? Is it like apples to apples? So after they changed the rule, um, Sheila Nevins, who I think is the head of HBO mm-hmm. came out and said like, well, I'm glad they changed the rule. Cause like people might've wanted to vote for making a murderer, which yeah. was yeah. also that many. They didn't release it in a theater. Cause like they didn't think of it as a movie. Yeah. But, um, it it did seem a little unfair. It's like maybe one and a half hours of it should have competed against the other documentaries. Because if you have seven hours, you can make it really, really well, multidimensional. There, there, is, there's, there's, there are precedents for that. The, uh, the, the Holocaust documentary show is seven mm. and a half hours long okay. as a single film. And I don't believe that won the Oscar. Or maybe it did. I, I can't but remember. But it also should have to do with how it's released. That's really, that. It, I know that's not... Like but that's if, why they did it in theaters. I'm yeah. sure that's why. Yeah, and yeah. that's why that's yeah. the loophole that they got yeah. right. Wow, a loophole about a thing that has a lot of loopholes. Yeah. Um, and asterisks. Yeah, yeah, and asterisks and quotation, air quotes, tons <laughs> of air quotes. Beast of Nonation they did that with too. They, they released, released it online because, well, because it was an online release film, but they, they, they released it, it in be theaters. Sure. Yeah. But that still fit the general mold oh, other a than a release right. schedule. Yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess to me, this asks the question is what is the length of a piece of string really? You know, like what, what defines the length of a movie? And, and you know, you can me- make a seven and a, an hour and 47 minute film and still, I think it should be fine, but it's a, how you release it and B just because it's seven hours and 47 minutes doesn't mean, and this was quality. I'm not, I'm not shitting yeah. on the quality of this, but like that, it, it also should have to do with quality. And by that, I mean, <laughs> wait, you said it doesn't have to do with I know, quality, I, I, but, but I'm, yeah, but what I'm trying good. to say is it could have been stronger had it been shorter. And I'm surprised more people didn't realize that. Whereas, whereas if there's a, and I haven't seen it yet, but a film that has to be seven hours and 47 minutes to be told and perfect and beautiful 
Sure. Then that should win if it's released as a film and only as a film where this, I do feel like it's maybe one of its only true shortcomings in my opinion is that it was too too. damn long. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I loved every second of this and I, I wouldn't cut a frame of this film. How did you watch this? You have a kid. And I watched it twice. How did you watch this twice? I have three kids. Yeah. But you watched it once. Oh, I, you watched it twice. I watched it twice. I watched it. Wow. But I, I, that's impressive. I ate up every minute (laughs) of this and I was, I I am impressive. It's weird and and weirdly impressive. We're going to watch it after this podcast. I would watch it again too. I would, I would totally watch this again. Um, I loved every frame of this. And what I loved about it is it's, it's in one part about OJ Simpson, the man, another part about OJ Simpson, the trial, and another part it's about us and it's about the phenomenon, what I love about this, and the reason why I think the seven and a half hours is important, is this film goes out of its way to not sensationalize the trial, but give you the exact historical context for which this trial exists and for which the results of which are uh, can occur. And I think the thing that was interesting for me is like growing up in New Zealand, when I when I saw the Bronco you know, down the freeway, I thought that was uh, visually interesting. I thought that was an interesting moment. And I was, I was curious about the fact that everyone was talking about this and this is a, um, something that everyone gathers around. And we, we see that, the, you know, like even this, as we're recording it this week, there are two like cultural phenomenons that happen that everyone's kind of like gravitating around. That's the Pepsi commercial mm-hmm. with Kendall Jenner. And this is the story of United Airlines where the uh, man yep. got dragged off the plane. And there are always these moments that, that, that um in ca- that that seem to capture the public's imagination what's interesting about this documentary is it goes out of its way to fully give you almost all the detail all the cultural historical political social relevance to to tell you why that moment was important and why that moment mattered because like like you you could argue that why does anyone care about a guy, a sports celebrity murdering his wife. Mm-hmm. And the thing that this film goes out of its way to tell you, to, to, to point out that I think is the reason why I think it's masterfully done is that it's not just about this guy murdering his wife. It's about the history of Los Angeles. It's about the history of the police culture in Los Angeles. It's about the history of African-Americans in Los Angeles. It's, a, it's about the way in which the American courtroom system works and the way in which the American legal well, system works. The way works. it didn't work? Right. Well, that's an interesting, that's an interesting question. And I think, I think that's really worth discussing because what this film does for me that the, the, the eye opening thing that it did for me that made me so invested in this is that, as I said, I have some background in law. I have an, a, an interest in, in the way the machinations of the legal system works. One thing that this film did for me that I had never really thought about was the way in which a trial can be a barometer of the, a social movement. And so what I mean by that is the result, the end result of this trial where OJ uh, of the, uh, of the criminal case where OJ Simpson is, is, um, acquitted spoiler alert for that. <gasps> the- well, well, this has been the only <laughs> podcast about OJ made in America. The thing that I thought was so fascinating about that is that the film gave me all the historical context to understand why that was the case and why it didn't necessarily have to do with OJ, with the evidence itself. In fact, if you watch this, and I'm sure, Melissa, you'll have yeah. some comments about this, it almost had nothing to do with the evidence itself. Yeah. No, but it, uh, but, but the, the theory that I walked out was, oh, wow, a trial and, and justice isn't actually um, an objective scale, you know, the sword and scale. It's actually a pendulum. 
And it moves from left to right, depending on, you know, the barometer of the social presence. And in the case of this film, I think the, the argument that this film is really making is the pendulum is swinging from the Rodney King trial to OJ Simpson. And that's mm-hmm. the, and that's You're the talking two. about human justice, not ultimate justice or a government, governmental, like societal, like the United States is justice tr- versus the actual concept of justice. Well, because the concept about- of justice is not a pendulum. But the way we interpret justice and the way justice is done obviously is a pendulum. But that it gets into that question of is there objective justice in the oh, world? Oh yeah, there is. Oh, you think not, that, maybe not, wait, maybe not wait, in the wait, world, wait, wait, but wait. the concept. Okay, so wait, let me let me interject. Yeah, as a lawyer, yeah. interesting anecdote yeah. that I think plays into this. So when the OJ verdict came down, I was in law school and I was in, I believe, a Civ Pro lecture when they stopped class to announce the verdict. Okay, and. Uh, actually what happened was they wheeled in a TV. And so we saw some famous person say the verdict. Right. And what happened, it's like really something that seared itself in my brain is that this is so like, I don't, I'm just reporting the news. This None is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of the white people in the room went, oh my, oh my God. How did this happen? And, and all of the people of color cheered. Yeah. And it broke my heart because, oh my God, like I'm tearing up. Yeah. Um, it really did though, because I think everyone in the room believed he killed his wife. Yeah. And the fact that the people that there could be such a gulf in how you would feel yeah. about the fact that someone who killed their wife got away with it. I wasn't like angry at the people who were happy. I was upset that I didn't get it. Right. And yeah, that's, that was the interesting thing about watching this film was, was that I think, you know, from New Zealand, I was watching and going, well, like, he clearly, he clearly cl- killed, killed his, his wife. wife in a disgusting, by the way, one of the things that this movie asterisk does is it shows the footage yeah. Of their, I had not seen, maybe I like didn't watch it because I was too, I had not seen her body. Right. You, it is, it was brutal. Yeah. It was brutal. But what it does, well, again, the, the, the film paints a clear line and it does it across that seven and a half hour period between the beating of Rodney King. Yes. And the, the acquittal of OJ well, Simpson. The, the LA cops in general, the yeah. whole, everything that was going on there. Because eventually the trial itself kind of turned from the murder trial of OJ Simpson to kind of, uh, was it Furman? Yeah. yeah. Uh, An trial on him of the cops. and the cops in general, which that's I, exactly I and the was. thing, and the thing that was interesting for me is that, yes, that's outrageous when you think about, you know, like what is the objective, of this particular trial, which is to determine the guilt or, or innocence of this one man. But the thing that was, that I think that that is so powerful about this documentary is that it made me understand that acquittal in the context of the history of Los Angeles and in the context of the history of the, of the LA police. And between that line, between, um, between Rodney King and that. I agree it did that. That's a very interesting it hundred percent did that. I just think it could have been four hours, three and a half hours. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I know you disagree, but yeah. Well, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree because it did win an Oscar. It I did mean, win an Oscar. <laughs> in a category I, where it kind of broke the rules. Maybe. Well, at the time, it the didn't rules, break any rules. Yeah. Didn't break a single rule. They created a new rule to say that. An they fixed the rules. Of, it didn't break a rule. You're right. They fixed the rules to make it better. Much Dude. like the OJ case itself, it took advantage of the system that was in place. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of the case, actually, Shahir, you had another question. Well, I was I was curious to Melissa. You were a trial lawyer, yes. for a, a corporate trial lawyer. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Um, so you've obviously had the training of someone to who's been in a courtroom to deal with jury selection, to deal with presenting evidence. Yeah. How what you know, like as a if you were teaching trial law mm-hmm. right now and and the, you were going to bring up the oj simpson trial yeah 
How would it be instructional for you? How would it deviate from from the norms? Yeah. How, you know, what was interesting about I, this case? And I learned something in the movie. Again, yeah. I don't want to spoil it. And no, you can seven <laughs> hours of juicy information. Juicy. Um, but Good I learned word. something new wow. that I didn't know, and that was that one of the jurors was a former member of the Black Panthers. Right. Yep. Would that disqualify you from being in a jury? I know I'm, I'm certain that, that- disqualify a person from being on a jury. But, but I'm if sure- I the, had a challenge, yeah. if I had, so in every trial, you have a certain number of um, challenges for cause and certain that are, that are peremptory, which means, um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know exactly what the, in California at that time, what the rules were for how many you have. Sure. But it means you can knock off five people just because you don't like the cut of their jib. Yeah. Um, mm. And you're Good welcome. Good turn of phrase. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then you can knock off a certain number because you have a reason. Like, for example, they were, they have a sister who was a victim of a, of domestic right. violence. Yeah. So to me, having been a member of the Black Panthers in a case where, and again, it goes to, we but didn't see, know a, they were going to bring up race. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things they teach you in law school is when you're asking jurors, potential jurors to be on your jury, think of all of the questions that might reveal something about them. So like, for example, what magazines do you read? Might I yeah. mean, nowadays that's not a question because nobody gets magazines, but back then what magazines do you read? And if the guy said like black power monthly, yeah. <laughs> Marshall Clark would have been like, I don't think he's our guy. I'm going to use one of my challenges. Do you, do you think this is, so one of the, the, the things that came up in the, in the, um, in the film is, was this a case of, the OJ Simpson, the OJ trial team, you know, the dream team, so to speak, winning the case or Marsha Clack's uh, uh, defense team losing the case and, 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 and selecting someone, allowing someone like that to be on the, yeah. on the jury pool. Is that an example of a failure of Marsha Clack's team? I mean, team? here's the thing. I have so much respect for the people on that team and my heart breaks for them because yeah. I feel like it's one of those things. I mean, you could see, and Darden hasn't yeah. participated in any of these things and it just seems like it broke him. Oh, I mean, Darden. Um, so I hate to yeah. say anything negative, but for sure, OJ had brilliant people working for him and he paid, you know, top dollar, top, top dollar. You know, you know, the interesting thing is the first thing I did was like, how much did that legal defense team cost? They it was, say it at some point. Five million dollars. The whole to, time? Which to me seems like bargain basement for what he got. It is, <laughs> although. Well, you are made of money. Got, yeah, I am made of money. That's true. You're yeah. like, I could, I, before 10 a.m. I've spent that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think. Um, for someone like OJ, that seems. Right now, people would do a case like that for free because of the press you get. Right. I mean, Johnny Cochran, after that, everybody in America knew exactly who he was and yeah. thought he was brilliant. So the, it was a combination, like a perfect storm of wins and losses. I actually think in some ways the case was lost by going in the venue they went. They, so, uh, so they, they decided they, to do it downtown. They decided of, to go in downtown. That's not a jury of OJ's peers. Let's be but honest. See the, see, the interesting thing that I think the film does is compare, compare and contrast that with the, the fact that the Rodney King trial went to Simi Valley, which is not a, a not a place, right. which was a place where a jury pool would be predominantly made of people who know police officers. So it was that, that's the kind of thing that I thought was really interesting about the film, yeah. which is that, and, and the reason that they did that, the reason that the um, district attorney did that, it was that he didn't want to appear here to be biasing the jury pool. Yes. And so, you know, like he was too focused on how it appeared and it ended up making the, I mean, that no, case it, in Brentwood, a Brentwood yeah. jury would not have, would not have found him, would not have found, found him not guilty, would have found him, sorry, that's would have found negative. him guilty, yeah. would have found him guilty. No question. Yeah. And so uh, that, but you know, I guess this is, this brings back my point about um, why I think this is an effective documentary is that yeah. like an hour earlier, they talk about the Rodney King trial and about the fact that 
that they took it to Simi Valley instead of downtown LA where it actually happened. And you had a protest marcher, uh, a protester who decided to go down to Simi Valley. And she, t- and she talks about how, I, you know, when I asked people about where the, where the trial was going on, people gave me funny looks and it made mm. you think about what well, that's really a factor in like in, in the judicial. And it clearly, see, you know, the thing is, is, is that we're kind of talking about the, the, the miscarriage of justice that happened around OJ's, uh, OJ's acquittal, but we, you know, and what the film is really trying us to get to, th- to think about is the miscarriage of justice that continues to happen on the opposite side where police, uh, uh, you know, a policeman or policewoman who are, have been accused of committing crimes are often found not guilty. Yes. Um, and, and we see that even today. And, and what, why I think this documentary is so good is that it doesn't just do that in an abstract way. It doesn't just say, Oh, you know, like, um, you know, Rodney King got off and that's what, you know, and that's why the, the jury pool there, it actually goes through and points out the detail. And I think, I think, I would presume that for any legal student, mm-hmm. this, this would be, you know, like on the syllabus as I, I think so. And I think, I think that the documentary did a great job with that, but I also think the story really has a lot of levels to it. Like it's like this shakes crazy Shakespearean tragedy. And you get to like, just when you feel a certain way, you've seen, you know, that mm-hmm. what you were asking uh, Matt about ju- what is justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to get like, to the very basic, like, was this justice for the victims? No, this was not. Who are we getting justice for? Yeah. And so the documentary brings out, yes, we're getting justice for society, maybe, or yeah. some people in society. And is that a different question than what justice for the victims is? And then they had this whole thing on the Goldman family. The Goldman family post they the trial. fucking victims. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, so unfair. And they do, it, you know, like, and then again, it points that it does that kind of like amazing line that they take a long time. to. It, I would say this film is almost... Uh, novelistic. It doesn't yeah. feel like a, you know, like it feels like as detailed as a novel would be mm-hmm. about the story. And the, 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 the line that they point between that was it the 33 years that, uh, or the 33 million that oh, he owed yes, Ron Goldman. No idea. And then the 33 years that, that OJ was convicted for, for what was ostensibly a pity crime. Yes. Uh, and he had know, no record, I don't think. Really. And he had no record of that yeah. at that time. Other than Would that you, pesky murder. So it, it, this is <laughs> that, that pesky murder. No, but this <laughs> no, is that thing funny. where it kind of feels like the just, you know, the justice system is more of a pendulum, you know, like it's, yeah, swung, no, you're totally it, right. It swung away from OJ, uh, uh, when it came to Nicole Brown, but it swung completely into him. When he, when he robbed, uh, some, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah. Like some sports memorabilia, sports memorabilia yeah. dealers. Was there anything else? Like you mentioned Darden before as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, like the interesting thing that happens, he's the glove guy, right? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, he's the guy who's like, he's the guy yes. that in my opinion, based lost on this, the lost the case because he was trying to be a little bit of a no, hot I shot. actually don't think it was him. I really don't think it was him well, the, who lost the, the case. The, the, the documentary paints him as the one that really wanted to do this glove thing. It, I, I think the glove thing is really important as to why OJ was acquitted, but I also think the reason why OJ was acquitted, then winning the case and the other guy losing the case. I, I was going to say, I think this really came down to Mark Furman. I mm. think it really, and, and the, the failure of the defense team was to properly vet Mark. That Furman. was a huge mistake. Yeah. It was a huge mistake to put Mark Furman on the trial. Sure. On the stand. Sure. I honestly, and again with my, I'm going to be an armchair lawyer right mm. now, especially yeah. since we have a real one in the room. Yeah. Um, that I feel like is recoverable if you 
played your cards right. And the the nail in the coffin making it like you cannot come back for this because he basically this was a all this was just a this was a Hail Mary for a football term. That's weird. I used one. But like this is like all or nothing. We're going in. And the way it painted again, these are all people 20 years later or whatever. Hindsight being, you know, what it is. Um they're all saying like, none of us wanted you to do this. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. They're saying that now who knows if in the room they were like, yeah, we do this. But like even me, uh, I don't even remember back in the day. I was like, well, wait, how old is this glove? Was it outside? Is, is stuff dried? Wait, he's putting it on with gloves, like with latex gloves. Yeah. Like there's all these things where I'm like, wait, so let me teach you guys a little something yeah. about law. And okay. it was actually misquoted or misstated in the documentary by Jeffrey Tubin, okay. who's considered one we of the world the experts book. on this case. Yeah. He wrote the book yeah, uh, and he did go to law school. I know someone who went to law school with him. He's a very smart guy, but it's what Journalist he learned the New York times as well. Right. I've seen him on CNN. I'm yeah. sure he is. Yeah. I mean, he's like a super smart journalist and, and legal expert and yeah. commentator. Um, and I believe he went to Harvard Law School. I went to Chicago Law School. They taught it a little differently in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. He says, Chicago style. Yeah, yeah. He says um, in the documentary that they failed a very basic thing you learn in law school, which is don't ask a question that you if don't you don't answer. know the answer. And that's not actually correct because here's the truth. You never know the answer. People lie. They change things on the fly. The real tenet is don't ask a question to which you can't handle any answer. Right. I, th- I think what he's saying is is the, is a is a kind of theoretical approach to if you're uh, a defense lawyer, right? Which yeah. is don't ask a question where the possibility is that you would get an answer you're not happy right, with. Right, but what I'm saying is there's always that possibility. Right, so right. you can't ask it unless the worst thing they say is not going to ruin your and case. And due to the fact that all the other shit with Furman was going on and just damaging them and damaging them and damaging them, to do this and not to, to know for a fact that if that didn't fit, that would damage them beyond repair and just do it anyway. Yeah. Like that's insane. But, but the, again, the reason why I think this documentary is brilliant yeah. is that I completely understood the rationalization for Darden doing oh, it. Oh, I 100% having, did not. Having been humiliated in front of the court by, um, by, um, who's the, uh, uh, was it, uh, Johnny it Cochran. Co- was it Cochran? But or? By Johnny yeah. Cochran, because, because Darden is a young lawyer in this case, yeah. and he is a, he's a first time attorney, and he's really being brought on because of the color of his skin. Sure. Yeah. And so he's, but he played into their hand. No pun intended. Of course. But I understand Uh, why he did it. I understand (laughs) completely why he did it. He was foolish to do it, but he's a young attorney. He wants to stake his claim. He's being brought in really only as far as the documentary sits out. Like they do say he's a smart attorney. He's part of the office, but really what they wanted to do was have someone black on the, on the, um, uh, on the other side. Well, here's the other thing. It was totally his glove. Yeah. And at one point, it totally did fit him. Yeah. And he, and so they, if it wasn't Bizarro World, it totally would have worked. It also, he, they had a receipt for him purchasing. But what I'm yes. saying is, what yes. I'm yes. saying like is, that's rare. the nail in the coffin. That is the no coming back from thing. Yeah. And the fact that, and it's the whole legal team, it can't just be one person's fault. The fact that he was allowed to do that, the fact that he thought it was a good idea, the fact that he got goaded into thinking, well, you know what? It's all or nothing now. Like that to me is Matt, what lost the case. All of those things in front of a Brentwood jury and jury would still, and, and mm. OJ would still be in. But they need to, but they also, there, but, also, but they also need to know what jury they're in front of. Like th- that, right. that's the thing you can't, all of these factors do have to play in. Yeah. And if you misstep, that is a misstep. But here's the thing. Would, if you were teaching uh, a yeah. legal class based on this, would one of the conversations, and I guess, you know, to your point about the Black Panther trial, uh, the jury member, you know, speaks to that. 
how important is context to a legal case? Like, how important is it? It really shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, It right? should be that people saw a dead woman and a dead guy and yeah. wanted to put the person who killed them behind bars. Right. Unfortunately, what I think we learned from this case is that sometimes there are things that, you know, there's there are deeper wounds right. than that. And, and I, you know, I just, this is why I think this is such a fast, it it opens up this entire line of conversation. And then, you know, I think to your point to the, um, to the, um, to the glove, the thing that's really interesting about that is in the, in the civil trial, which happens later when uh, Goldman is in the room, (laughs) they go over the shoe. And the thing is with the shoe is it's such a, like, it's such a smoking gun piece of evidence. It's like he, not only did he own the shoe, the shoe that he owned had blood on it. The prints from that shoe were found on the on the stand. He lies on the stand for saying that I don't own that pair of shoes. And then they cut to a photograph of him wearing, wearing those, those shoes. shoes. And they're and they're a very specific size and brand. So yeah. so my point is is that the you know, like while the glove became the the piece de resistance of the trial as we know it, because Johnny Cochran uses it in the in his summation. It was probably also part of a number of things that immediately got forgotten because of Mark Furman. So here's an interesting question, but Matt, you, you well, I was just going to say it again. It's it, it. Nothing you're saying is sort of disproving my point. It's like, yeah, there's a bunch of things that the, that the uh, prosecution was getting slammed on. And then they decided rather than to be smart about it or get their act together, they didn't pivot. They didn't pivot so at all. They that, just kept fucking the plowing I mean, forward. Here's what was interesting. And again, I, that I learned from the document. It's funny. You're selling me. I'm like feeling it was even better. I enjoyed it. I really yeah. did. Um, and I thought there were brilliant things about it. But you're right. I mean, the way they presented it yeah. does sort of emotionally mani- manipulate you in a good way. It, it, it gives you, again, what I love about this is context. Yes. This is giving yes. me all the context I need yes. to understand why this acquittal happened. But so- you know, they went in there and they said that we're not going to make race an issue. Yeah. And, and which is foolish. Well, it wasn't true. No, no, no. I mean, the yeah. defense said we're not, they were lying. Yeah. They said we're not going to make race an issue. And then they totally did. Yeah. But um, what I hadn't realized before watching the doc was all this business about OJ saying, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Yeah. So if I were the prosecution and I'm seeing them playing that, like, this is a black man, yep. you're black people, you've been wronged. Be, be your brothers here, and which my- worked. Why didn't the prosecution go? Let's, you know, put up all these witnesses who said, who has had OJ disavow being black in right. a way. But yeah. Then, but th- that verbally is, that, yeah, that like they were scared of it. They were scared of race altogether. Yeah. Of course, of course they're scared of race altogether yeah, 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 because of the Rodney King trial. Right. You know, like it, it's, in, and, and like you, and you see how much Johnny Cochran and his team and Robert Shapiro, you know, to the point when for some reason, Lance Ito decides that they're going to take the, the jury to OJ's house, which is. Oh my God. That was the craziest so shit strange. I've ever seen. They changed the artwork. They changed the artwork in the house to make him seem more black. Isn't how is that, that okay? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? But, but to me that demonstrates, you know, like kind of the genius of Robert Shapiro and yeah. Johnny Cochran to understand what, why this, why this case is so important and why, why they can manipulate race in a way. And I think what the, what the film is really pointing to here is that OJ is, is, is a false pariah. He's a, he's a, he's a person that um, doesn't deserve to have the wheels of justice tur- fall this way in his favor. Right. But it does. And it does because the wheels of justice have fallen so far in the opposite yes. direction against people of color that it makes sense that it happened to him. Like even one of the, one of the, 
the jurors at the end of the film says, no, that guy is stupid as hell. And he shouldn't, you know, like he just got away. She, I think the jury even says he might've gotten away with murder. Yeah. He should have like lived, lived life like completely quietly and just slipped into out of the limelight forever. But no, he had to fuck up and do it again. That's the same juror though, who said that, uh, you know, some women, you know, some women deserve, don't to, deserve, get beat yeah, deserve to get beat. She, whatever. She put it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and I mean, but that, you know, that again, I feel like again, in jury questioning, it seems like you could have weeded her. Out. Yeah. But anyway, you Sorry, weed interrupt you. No, no, no. You're right, though. But yeah, why didn't she get weeded out? We weeded out, and and why did the trial? I mean, to me, the thing is, is this is an important point in legal history, you know, and it and it really points to a lot of things that are important about uh, about the legal system. But again, what I love about this film, what I just adore about this film. Wait, did is, you like this movie though? I 100. <laughs> percent Okay, I just want to make sure. Um, is that it gets to a broader question and it's in the title made in America. Yes. What is so unique about this story is the way in which it presents a portrait of America that, that we sometimes believe is post-racial, mm-hmm. but is entirely not is, is complete is, is so completely non post-racial, you know, race is so much, is such an important factor in every discussion and you know what? Even taking race out of it, it's made in America in terms of the fame component. Exactly. They made OJ into this, you know, it was hero worship, basically. Yeah, and that's a, a very American, even maybe more now than it was then, a very American phenomenon. Yes, as I said, he threw the ball or caught it or whatever he was yeah. doing beautifully. There was ball play There was something in there. great with the ball. Running. He did a lot of good running. Yeah, I good saw runner. good running. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, really good. Yeah. But does that mean he should get away with murder in America? Does it mean he should be a millionaire? Um, over well, say a, a doctor. We've gone over this on this podcast a million times. It's it's how talented does someone have to be to forgive the fact that they are fucking awful? And by that I mean like oh, I mean Chris Brown is obviously a yeah. person like that's oh, that's, that's one. Yeah. And then all this shit about Michael Jackson that like came out even after his death that then instantly got brushed under the rug because man that music is good. So like or it's, it's interesting in this film they point to uh you know there's an or, or like, Casey Affleck like was just sort of another like that right, you know right. he's dealing with a bunch of stuff but oh man that movie was really great so it's like how talented do you have to be to let to, to and for society to know that you are a shithead <laughs> that they're like oh but you know what man that that scene in that film really made me cry but even in this film there's there's a point because they they talk about athletes that were contemporaries of oj that really t- embraced the fact that they were black athletes and they were black leaders yes um and they had to make a stand and he chose not to and he chose not to but one of the people they point to is jim brown yes oh jim, yeah and jim brown has a history of domestic abuse yeah and has a history of being like uh, uh you know like potentially raping women yeah um you know and he's a guy that again i didn't know that about but you know like i loved him in mars attacks and you know yeah, like, I, 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 yeah. so it's just it's i i love that the the film kind of like basically opens the 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 pandora's box of everything is open to discussion here even people in the film even that, mars attacks even, you know that they don't talk about yeah like yeah. jim brown uh and again, this is the interesting part. And I know I'm going to keep going back to this. It's going to sound like a broken record. I, again, I think it does all these things. I think it's, I think it does a great job at doing everything you've described and especially the sort of like celebrity in America and that whole thing. And why are we so obsessed with it? And sort of that whole aspect of like what part of, of our society makes it okay to just sort of latch onto this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just too long. 
for you. I would have cut some. I would have for me. Really? I, for I loved it. Maybe not as much as you did. Yeah. And I and here's the thing that I was incredibly impressed by. Yeah. I know a lot about this case. Yeah. I mean, I followed it contemporaneously. I've read about it since. I've read books about it. I watched the FX show, which I also thought was terrific and did it's good. a it's pretty good. good job of what I you're watched talking that as about. Well. Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, I learned new stuff. Yeah. But a lot of the stuff I already knew, I saw you know, in slow detail that I maybe didn't need to because they were putting it in this context. So yeah, I think I would, I'd say five, four or five hours. This is what I'm saying to you. You really, you really don't think, and I, I respect you entirely as a yeah. filmmaker. I a hundred percent do. So it shocks me that you think that this is the perfect length. You really believe that every stitch of this, cause you said every yeah. frame in the beginning that you love so much and is so necessary to tell this story. Let me give examples of Wait, oh, just to say yes or yes or no to that. You really believe that. Yeah, I really Wait, do. But I'm going to make oh, our I really, case. I really There's do. There's evidence. We, if we went back and watched it together, which I will not insist upon us doing, although yeah. it would be funny to watch Let's Matt not. do that. Let's yeah. not. Um, the, the agent who had been his agent for so long yeah. that they kept coming back to and asking questions, I feel like that guy answered the same question many, many times. And he was answering yes. it in different contexts, but I think right. maybe one of those interviews could have been cut. I, oh, I no. Okay. I, I don't. I, okay. really, I really think. I mean, this, I can't this, argue. I wasn't your opinion. bored. This I wasn't bored. Such a this. I mean, the. I think the the conversation you guys are kind of trying to say is is Moby could Moby Dick be told in a hundred pages? It's a good question. You know, like, and and yeah. I'm saying no, but the the reason Moby Dick is Moby Dick is because Moby You're Dick right. is is that many pages, and I think the reason why. OJ made in America is OJ made in America is because it's seven and a half hours long. And I feel I don't I, know I, enough I, about Moby Dick. I've only read it once, so I can't really, really say and it was forever ago, but I'm guessing you could cut down Moby Dick too. But would it be, would it yeah. be Moby Dick? Yeah. If you get the same, that, that's the thing with editing. If you get the <laughs> same thing out of it, you're doing it better. Like that's, that's the thing you could but find. See, it. I didn't, there's nothing in here that I got more than once more, more and, and nothing in here that I got where I felt like the point was being labored. I felt like everything I did. That's all I'm saying. I mean, and again, I'm not, this is the interesting part. I think about reviewing documentaries is, and again, I, uh, you, I think brought up, or this was a biopic, but you brought up the Barry review that we did. Yeah. Right. Uh, when we were off the air, uh, it's like, is this so good? because it's something a we're familiar with B is in the public zeitgeist C whatever. Like mm-hmm. could, could you do this? I, I think the difference sort of is from like Barry to this, for instance, is you throw murder in there and you're instantly given a pass to sort of like really dive deep. Now I'm, let's say this isn't about OJ. Let's say this wasn't a touch point. Let's say this was just a random thing that like serial picked up and, and was like, now we get to go into this murder trial that no one's heard of. Ooh, it's a new murder trial. Like, Oh my God. Oh, and there was some sort of this and Oh my God, like there's, Oh, there was a near decapitation. Oh, that's brutal. Like just like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It, I, and I, this is a question I'm sort of posing cause I'm flip flopping back yeah. and forth. Like if this wasn't about OJ Simpson, yeah. which how could you take it away from this, you know, about this thing, would you let it be seven hours and 47 minutes long? And I, I don't know the answer to it because of the aspect of murder. Like right. there's something 
because obviously it's one of the biggest taboos in human society in general. That's not everywhere, but, but it's just something about the fact that murder is involved, that we all swarm. And because it's the shit you're not supposed to talk about and it's the shit you you're question. not supposed to do. Let me, let me ask you a question. Do you think the Avengers affinity infinity war story? Oh, I love that you brought it to Marvel before me. That is a win. <laughs> I, I'm, check. Just, I'm just trying to bring it to your level here. Do you think that the Avengers the affinity war story could be done in one film? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It better be. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm saying is no Captain America, no Iron Man, no incredible, no uh, Thor movies, just the Avengers Infinity story. Do you think it could be done in that one film? Just in one film without any of the others? Because we're talking about essentially. That's an interesting question. Um, I know it's silence. I'm sorry. I'm actually thinking I'm <laughs> no, looking up I, and actually see, thinking. I was going to say, I don't think it's analogous, but I'm not like a super comic person, mm. but the Avengers are a whole team. So mm. we're doing a deep dive on one of them. So I think it's more analogous to just Iron Man. Right. No, I guess my point is, is that the, that's a good point. The Marvel cinematic universe has been building up this one story for what it was 15 movies now, yeah. something sure. like that. And, and what you're saying to me is the OJ film could have been one hour. And I didn't be, say it could be one well, hour, two or three hours. I was or saying three to four, but yeah, you're, you're, you're picking a number. I'm and saying I, it could have been edited down. So it, it's not analogous because no infinity war couldn't be as good without knowing all the context, but also each one of the stories is not seven hours to get me there. Like it's, it's this whole thing of like, and again, it's all about editing. I don't want, I don't want an infinity war. That's seven hours long. I think they can make a better one. That's three. Now that, that it's just, that's what editing is. It's giving you the same feeling for the shortest amount of time okay, that you wait, need to do. Here's not to get too meta about it, Oh right. shit! but an actual trial, say a murder trial, right? when you're a juror and you're a part of it and you are, you know, the stakes are all on you. It's weeks and weeks of sitting through boring, boring shit on mm -hmm. top of brutal shit. That's completely repetitive and redundant. Of course. So there may be some element here of value in you 16. being the juror and making the sort of the verdict by the, the juror end. says that in this film, she says, because they, they say, do you, teams. do you, That's do okay. you, she says, she says, do you regret, uh, you know, the Israel Edelman asked you, do you regret your decision? And she said, <sighs> not one bit. And he says, why? And she says, Six months. Or was it or six months or a yeah. year? Nine away. months yeah. or something. Nine months. He's, so, I mean, said, it's a big, long and they cut, investment. And yeah. you're, and you're this being is a proxy the, in a way. This is the difference. And uh, I hope I can flip you back. I might not be able to. <laughs> is it necessary to make the proper decision, which may or may not have been made at the end of this trial, for a juror to sit through nine months of tedium? Yeah. Absolutely. Is it necessary to tell the story of that nine, more of that than that, of that sort of same tedium in uh, elongated form? Yes, in some way, but not in my opinion, as long as it was. That's all I'm saying is I know that we're trying to equate the experience of like actually, and, and then we get into film as medicine and we get into like, not everything should be enjoyable. We talked about, we talked about last week, uh, Colossal or a couple weeks ago or whatever about how that film for me, I, I didn't particularly enjoy watching it, but it touched something in me that that made me be like, that was good. Now, again, how how can something be good and you don't like it? That's the whole sort of thing with this. I'm just saying personally, if I'm going to again, watch a, a documentary about murder, right. this was too long. Have you watched the jinx uh, parts of it? Making a murderer. I did. I making loved a murderer. I loved every single one of them. Making Wait, a murderer. Here's the thing. Those are miniseries. And here's what I was yeah. going to get back to to bring it back full circle to is this a film? Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I don't know that you during any one of those one and a half hour chunks felt specifically of bored of this. Of oh, the it was OJ. Three, three and a half and three and some change. Everyone. They were that long. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, did that's you notice? Long. I think they were three I mean, hour and four, three not, hour and four, and one forty something. Dozing. I'm not saying <laughs> right. that. So, like for me, they were each an hour and a half. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I missed the rest Skip of that. that did he? Did he get part. off? No, I don't know. I missed the bloody stuff. No, but um, yeah, I know how it came out. Fortunately, yeah. I, I spoiled it for myself. Um, by living through it. Yeah. But um, but I do. I, you know, when you're watching cereal, for example, if I binge cereal and listen to it all at what the, the original one, I haven't yeah. watched, listened to any subsequent ones all at once, would I feel like it felt redundant because they were covering some of the same stuff? Maybe. Right. But because I listened to each one the day it came out and right. it was only an hour. So yeah. I do wonder, I don't know the backstory of how this film got made, whether the intention, whether the Ezra, Ezra Edelman, Ezra mm -hmm. Edelman was already hooked up with ESPN beforehand and yeah. knew that it would be shown on TV in these chunks yeah. and that there would just be this weird one off where it would be shown in theaters a few times for awards purposes. But if your intention is to show it, on TV and give people bites, I think there's more latitude for a little redundancy because it's reminding people, you haven't seen it for a week. You need to be reminded a little bit of the emotion. You know, the th I think the difference is that I'd never felt that this was intended to be given in, in chunks like that. You thought it was intended as a seven hour movie. I think it okay. was, well, the reason, and, and the reason I say that is I never, there was never that moment which you get in the jinx or the staircase or cereal yep. or whatever, where it's like, everything changes and you're like, Oh my God, you in know, the jinx there was yeah, everything, you know, the jinx there was. And I'm saying in this, there was never that this, oh, this wow. was, this felt like they were, it was never a case of like giving a piece of information. Then we're going to turn off and we're just going to be a little teasers to make sure you tune in next week. I felt uh, what I they, I felt what they were doing. This, this, this entire film was building layer upon layer upon layer to make an argument. But they also did it so modularly that I don't think, I don't think that they actually, maybe even while they were making it, even knew how it would be released or how it would be digested. Because literally after maybe between like 15 and 30 minutes, it would cut to black and give you a title or a quote. And it, it, it I'm just saying like they could have been planning half hour episodes. They could now do mm -hmm. now, this is the other thing too. Do I think the three time period way that they decided to release this thing works well? Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm I, I, a broken record, even though I do think it's too long. I think that works very well. I think that was a smart thing to do with the entire, if this was going to be a thing. If they intended, and I don't believe they did, to uh, just and my opinion based on what I saw, I'm right. just I'm gleaning it off of the the thing I was presented. If they meant to show it as a seven hour and forty seven minute piece, I think that is it, it, that makes it. And, and there's in no I was going to say failure. In no way is this film a failure at all. <laughs> uh, film asterisk, but it makes it a weaker film asterisk than it would have been had it been like a foreign hour and some change documentary. I think, I think the difference is, is that you found it tedious, right? Parts of it. Yeah. yeah you found it. And that, and that's a totally fine reaction to it. You know, like people read Moby Dick and find it tedious. I find Moby Dick tedious in places, mm -hmm. you know, cause I'm not entirely engaged with it, but I read Stephen King's it, which is a thousand pages. And I'm like, invested in every page of, of course it. you know what i mean and so that's because it probably was longer and they cut it down to a point that made it the best story possible no, no, no. I, what i don't want to do is get into a conversation about why it is different to moby i'm not why, i'm saying i'm <laughs> saying at one point every every piece of thing that we loved was longer than it was and somebody <laughs> depending on who it was or what place it was decided what the most important things were and released that chunk of it and that's our thing we love or no, whatever I think the point that i wanted to make there was that 
for me, I was completely engaged for seven and a half hours. I could have gone longer on this sure. film. Sure, Th- and that's sure. fine. But and I'm I, saying I wasn't. You did. Yeah. You did 14. You did. I did, I did it, it twice. Yeah. And, I, and I watched the OJ, the, the FX show yeah. uh, in between that you, as well. Yeah. You did it twice because you fell asleep. Be honest. You fell asleep <laughs> a couple times while you watched this. Matt, you've known me for a couple of years now. Do you honestly think I fell asleep or was I, would I have watched this if I wasn't into it? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I think you love it. There's no question. <laughs> I'm just saying you probably fell asleep for a little bit. You I, had to restart it a couple I'm times. I'm right in between Never. the two of you. I think it was phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm so glad I saw it. And I thought there was so much juicy stuff in it, but I think it could have been edited a little bit. And another thing, and this is, this is not the film's fault. This is, uh, society's or my friend's circle's fault. Everyone who I mentioned that I was seeing it or that you wanted to do it was like, Oh my God, it's the most amazing thing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And then when I saw it, I didn't see the most amazing thing. I saw a good documentary that I thought was too long. And, and, Again, that's all. Everything we do is not in a vacuum. I understand that. Um, but at the end of the day, I would stand by even if I did. I, I would like to think that if I saw this in a vacuum and no one gave me their opinions, I would still think it's too long. And that's I, it. I think there's also OJ fatigue. Right. Like, I think if I had watched this in a vacuum and hadn't seen the FX show, which I very much enjoyed. Yeah. And there have been all these other things recently about OJ. I think I might have enjoyed it even more, but there is a little bit, I'm a little OJ fatigue because it isn't just the seven and a half hours. It's like, what am I going on now in the last six months? I've watched like 20 hours of OJ. And so, and this gets to the, the thing that I think is really, you know, it's the, it's the question of made in America. Mm -hmm. What is the fascination with, why are we compelled to discuss OJ? Why are we drawn to the OJ phenomenon, you know, because this is a person and I wasn't uh, privy to OJ, the athlete. I wasn't privy to, um, I OJ, have a the, simple answer for this. OJ, the movie star. I wasn't, you know, like all I mm-hmm. saw of him was naked gun and then the Bronco, um, and the trial. But why are we so interested in not just in OJ, but in murder in general, we are obsessed as a culture with the judgment of our idols. Meaning, and now this whole thing was about judging an idol, whether or not he did it. Everyone had an opinion, blah, blah, blah. And we, the little people, finally get to judge this person who we, as little people, have elevated. It's this whole thing. Everyone loves to see a hero fall. Mm-hmm. And it's in, and it, and it comes from, I feel like, if we kind of break it down, uh, sort of psychologically, is it's, it's, it's this weird sort of like selfish nature of like, well, I'm not this good. So I kind of want to take this person down a notch, whether or not they are guilty or innocent of what they did. It's this thing where now it's my turn to judge my better and America. Oh, and I, I can, and that's the only society I've lived in. That's the only one I can speak to loves it that we love building people up, actors, uh, politicians, all this stuff, just because no one is perfect. So there, sometimes it's murder that they should be put away for life for. Other times it's a sex tape or other times it's um, even to the point, I mean, before all the Trumpism, even if you just said an off color mark, that could be the end of your career because we love building them up so we can tear them down because it's the only thing that, Little people at quotes as a, as a large group have the ability to do. And especially, Oh my God, could you imagine if this happened? If the OJ trial happened while, if the internet was super prevalent, like that would be crazy. Holy shit. We turn every fucking little thing on the internet into something like this could be the next OJ trial. Like it's, it's treated that way. You know what I think would be interesting if, if uh, the internet was around and um, the OJ trial happened 
because I think we'd forget about OJ much quicker. Yes, because I think the because this was the shorter. first. This was the first. Internet no, equivalent of a story like this because it was everywhere. I don't know. But so yeah, here's here is my thinking about why it's stood the test of time as a story. Right. So the most fundamental the most fundamental tenet of society is we don't kill people. Right. If people were allowed to kill people, you couldn't live your life. Right. right? It is literally the most fundamental thing. And this is a story in which that's brought into question. Right. A group of people seems to have decided that another value was more important than that's whether people are allowed to live or not. It's interesting. Cause I, I, that's the one thing that I think should be like the reason why we're interested in this story. But I, I actually don't think that is the reason why we're interested in this yeah, story. It may not I, be. I mean, I, he's I, good looking and the, everybody's gorgeous and the whole thing. No, it I mean, was all, it's, it's a line that Marsha Clack says in her summation, I think, which is, um, uh, she, she, she brings up a comic that a comic strip that was written in the LA times. And she says, you know, uh, a little girl is talking to her daughter, watching uh, a, a little girl is talking to a mom who's watching TV and says, uh, what's the N word that they can't keep mentioning in this trial. And she says, it's Nicole. Nicole. And I, I, I agree with you. Side note. We haven't said Nicole's name once in this entire thing until right now. Just or point Ron. that out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I the think victims, the, the, the real victims, the, you know, like the question should be about the, you know, like us making, a decision about what life is, why life matters. But, but I don't think that's why we're interested in the OJ case. Cause, cause, cause as we've just kind of established, we don't really talk about Nicole. We don't talk about the victims that much. We talk about the circus around them. And we talk about the fact that, that they were the fulcrum to which this entire conversation about race, about justice, about celebrity, about fame, about money, all kind of hinges upon, but we're not actually that interested in them. Like few people would know Nicole's, you know, like that yeah. was more shocking about the documentaries yeah. when you saw, you know, like you said yourself, you saw the brutality oh of the actual God, murder. It was horrible. But no, I, I, I think that's right because it's more about the concept of there is this, the shit that was going on in LA then yeah. made a group of people believe that it was okay to let somebody do the worst thing anybody can ever do to make a point. Right. That's cr- And so in order to so say you're a lawyer, you're instead of a filmmaker, you're telling the story. You first have to lay the foundation that he did it. So right. they did that. They yeah. showed unequivocally, in my opinion, that he did it. Sure. And then they show how it all played out and the reasons he wasn't convicted. Right. I mean, it's fa- it's fascinating. Do, do you, though, and do either of you um, sort of have that conversation with, you know, he definitely did it. And, and it's, it's so strange that he was acquitted in the same breath as the four policemen who were accused of beating Rodney King were acquitted for not doing anything wrong. Do you, do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, Wait, it, what's the question? I'm sorry. The question is, is that we're talking about how it's crazy that OJ Simpson was acquitted, right? Mm-hmm. Do we still also? It's crazy that those guys were acquitted. Of course, it's crazy that yeah. those guys were acquitted. Right. So why aren't we doing documentaries about that? Yeah. No. Why they are? are. No. No. I, I. I'm just saying <laughs> the point of this documentary is to draw a line between those two things and mm. say, yeah, we we everyone does think it's crazy that OJ was acquitted, but do we really? Do are we really surprised? Given that here's a line between a, a previous case where four policemen beat a man on camera, yeah. you know, like mercilessly and we're acquitted for it. Are we really surprised that the legal system would allow a person I to think, be acquitted? I think that's an interesting question. I don't think the film poses that. I think, no, cause it brings up, it brings up the Ronnie King, the whole thing in the first 
bit, and then it maybe mentions it super briefly, sort of in summation. Oh, they bring up that Rodney King thing over and over. I and think over they bring again. it up as something that was in the back, in the, the in the air. The they they but flash they, but, to it. But, but, but what I'm saying the, is yeah. during the trial. No, no, I get yeah. I get what you're saying yeah. to this, but it's I don't think the film's intention is to be like. Are we surprised that OJ got off because these guys got off? I don't think it's saying that at all. I think they're using that as the cultural touch point as to why a group of people, even in the trial, outside the trial, etc., thought as as you said more that uh, let, like now something trumps murder as more important societally. I don't think the film was just trying to make a correlation. Like, are we surprised that the whole legal system's broken? Like, I just. I- Kind of think it was. Okay. I didn't get I, I kind of, I, I mean, I, they, even at the point at which OJ is acquitted, that's, that's the point that they bring back time and time again. They show people like they cheering. show that because they, they want to show why people are cheering. They're not yeah. saying that about the trial. And are we surprised a happened because B also happened? That's not the same thing. So I'm saying it, it's, it's trying to contextualize why everyone was getting behind OJ. I, I, and I believe truly, and again, I'm so out of place in this and like whatever, it's because people of color had been just shit on in the legal system yeah. forever. And here's a, granted, a prominent guy who actually didn't identify in his own words as being black. Which is the irony of the case. Of course, of course. because Now, because it suits his case, he becomes this sort of thing, even changing the pictures in his house. Like, so it's just, it's to show why those people are getting behind a man like this. And, and, and to your point was, was why that like this tenant is now more important than murder. I guess my point here is, is that, is that we're, we all are in agreement. It's crazy that he was acquitted. Yes. Are we all in agreement that it's crazy? It's equally crazy that the four police officers behind the, behind the beating of Rodney King were acquitted. Yes. But this film (laughs) does not make that, 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 um, uh, I can't think of the word that, um, Comparison? comparison, it brings it up for different contextual reasons and necessary for the strength of the film but it does not make that comparison. It absolutely does not. It sets up why it sets up why people were for or against things accordingly, but it is never saying that uh, it never jumps back as like, Hey society, it's so crazy. This happened for this guy. And it's also so crazy. This happened for these guys. It doesn't do that. It, it literally uses that as a societal, just sort of uh, th- um, uh, temperature gauge sort of for how things are being witnessed. And again, I think it does it well. I just didn't get this comparison that you're, that you're I, making. What I'm saying is, is that that is the pendulum of the justice system that I'm seeing in this film, that, that it's basically saying the justice system isn't objective. It is, it is entirely a spectrum from which we, we sure. and, and the point that it's making is the spectrum that they're focusing in on is the Rodney King beating and OJ Simpson. And they draw a line that to me, this film draws a direct line between those two events. There is correlation, but it's not it, the verdicts themselves are not these, these connect. It's it not painted in the film as these two. I'm talking about letting the, the fact of he, letting OJ Simpson the, off hear, and did, letting these police officers off. Did you hear the juror say the reason and, and the black Panther juror who stands up in the middle at the yes. end of the trial and raises his fist yep. yeah. as a black power movement. Yeah. And, and the juror is saying, well, we just wanted to have one of our own get away with it. Right. right. And that's, I mean, listen, that's a hundred percent true, but that's not the point you're saying. That, you're saying that this film 
is making a direct comparison based on the to, about the legal system, and it's treating the OJ verdict to the Rodney King verdict, as in letting both of these people off and just stating that the the point is, oh, it's broken all over the place. That's not what they're doing. The Rodney King stuff in this film, and I, please be the tiebreaker yeah. in this because we do have to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is to set the cultural tone of why it is not meant to be an allegoric sort of thing between the two things at least presented in the way the film does do asterisk you, do you think that yeah. the jurors that that voted to acquit rod um oj simpson weren't thinking about the of course they were but he's saying there is causation they, yeah. it did motivate them in yeah. what in what made their minds up yeah but they weren't going is this apples to apples is a woman getting murdered in her driveway the same as a and it's, the film wasn't I, doing that. I, I look at it slightly hmm. differently in that I think that the Rodney King case is used as sort of the lightning rod that exemplifies what the black experience in LA was at that time and total gross injustice. Right. And so that it, it like shows you, look, this is what's in their minds as they're going into this room to decide if they're going to punish this guy for something he clearly did. That's horrible. But you don't. Th so what you're, I'm, I'm confused as to what your point is here. I think she just made my point. Exactly. She's literally just, uh, Melissa, you just a hundred percent said what I was trying to say. I couldn't have said but it how clearer. Is that, how is that different from, from what I'm saying, which is that the film draws a line between these two things. Okay. Uh, Oh, I see. So he's saying line between the meaning, um, a connection between them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he no, that's you fine. Were, you were comparing them apples to apples and the film was as saying, in the film was saying, look at both of these things. Isn't the justice system so fucked up? I think the film is saying that. No, but not, but not <laughs> you're putting them on a, you're putting them on a linear progression equal yeah. in the film's eye of importance. No, of course, like a murder is not the same. You know, Rodney King lived, but no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking up. about I don't don't even talk about the the severity of the crimes. What I was taking from you and why I was being so argumentative was <laughs> because you, you're a dick. You were setting no, not at all, because I'm I'm trying to tell you, you what the fuck I'm thinking. Uh, is that the way you were talking about it? At least the words that were used got me thinking that you thought this film. It, it, in the eye of the film's importance was saying that letting OJ Simpson off and letting those four officers off was equal in the film's eye of importance or what this was about. Whereas what you no, said, what I, yeah, no, that's yeah, not no, what it I'm was saying. Okay, there we go. That's all I was looking for. What Look, I'm saying, everyone gets along. Yeah. What I'm saying is that the film draws a line between the madness of, 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 yeah, it yes, connects it. Of course King. it's contextualized. It's yeah. the lightning rod. She said it perfectly. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we were getting into a semantic argument as we normally do. I'd also like to point out to our lovely guest and all of the listeners that she here resorted to name calling first. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. We're cordial. Uh, so here, this was your baby, this episode, and we are going at about, uh, roughly almost, we're almost closing it on an hour and a half. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to touch Wait, on? We're before not the talking end? for seven and a half hours because yeah, I booked this entire night. Oh no, we are not because I understand the importance <laughs> of editing. Haven't you been on a seven hour panel? A 10 hour panel, but people that could leave got also, to leave. Just, just fair point. Our Star Wars episodes are longer than this. They're also episodic and you should never listen to them all in a row. No, no, no. One Star Wars episode is longer than this. No, I understand that. I'm saying seven <laughs> hours. You see what we're doing here? I do. Seven hours. <laughs> um, I think this is uh, a masterclass in filmmaking. And what's amazing to me about it is like, for example, uh, a film like, uh, or a series like The Jinx is incredibly stylized, incredibly polished, um, an incredible... Um, 
achievement in visual storytelling. And this is not that this is, this to me is akin to a novel on film. And what I love about that is that it is a film that is not afraid of detail, of nuance, of richness and complexity, uh, and of painting, of, of giving us a really complex idea um, and it takes seven and a half hours to do it, but I, I fully digested it. And I think uh, it was a rich tapestry of storytelling. And I, I love that about it. I adore that about it. I think, I think, you know, it should be shown in classes. I think, I think, yeah. I think it will be. Yeah. yeah I think it will be too. Um, and, and so but I probably across multiple classes. Pro- well, <laughs> just going to put that out there. Extra credit, extra credit classes. Yeah. Um, so I, and I think, you know, like it, it does, you know, like, um, without, without having to actually spell things out, it starts asking very big hitty questions about the things that we're interested in as a society and the reason why we are spend our time talking about things, um, as we talk about movies. And so uh, for all those reasons, it is without a doubt. I mean, if I'd seen it last year, it would have probably been my number two film of the year. Um, asterisk, uh, behind moonlight. Um, so it's absolutely wonderful. I've seen it twice now without sleeping. I will watch it again. I'm sure at some point. You watched point. it twice back to back without sleeping. <laughs> this is why we have difficulties in semantics with Matt. He's a, he's, he's a literal guy. I'm yeah. a very literal, literal man. Guy. Yeah, you are. Um, so <laughs> I, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I, it's uh, also oddly timely. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, but it, it seems- feels very relevant. It doesn't feel like you're watching something that happened. Yep. 20 years ago. Yeah. Any relevance to us. Mm-hmm. Melissa. Um, what, what, I mean, actually, no, Matt, what, what, to let Melissa. I mean, I'm going to let you go real quick. It's just, it's, uh, I agree with everything you said other than the length thing. I think I've made that very clear for doing sort of like a final thoughtsy type thing right You're now. You're more of a girth guy, not a length guy. I, I'm okay. more of a, I'm more of an all around the exact right size kind of guy. <laughs> and this, uh, this for me was not, I do think it was all the things you mentioned. It was just too, too long. I, I do feel like the editor in me was just like, okay, this could have been, this could have been shorter. Uh, and, and, and that's, again, that's preference. And I totally get that. Uh, but I, I think it's a hundred percent worth, I think classes will be taught with it. I think it's, it's a touch point, not only in, in sort of, uh, it well, it's a touch point in every aspect of American society. Why the title, I think the title is one of the best things about this thing. It's a perfect, it's just made in America. This could not happen anywhere else the way it happened here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so a hundred percent, I look, and I know I, I feel like I've been shitting on the time as much. Mm-hmm. If you have the time, yeah, watch it. Of course you should watch it. It's, it's brilliant and wonderful. And one of the strongest documentaries I've seen in a long time, mm-hmm. but for me, just think it could have been cut down an hour or two. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, so I said, I, I get yeah. Bring us up, yeah. of course. Um, so yeah, I, I don't disagree that maybe some little bits could be cut. I wouldn't necessarily cut out hours of it. Um, but there's so much said it's said in a non preachy way, which is so, I mean, it's saying it's open-ended sounds not true, right? but it's not telling you what to feel about this stuff. Um, so I thought it was really phenomenal filmmaking. Yeah, I really, I'm glad you made me watch it. <laughs> I mean, as a writer, would you like, to me, the thing that, that I love about it, and this will be kind of, we can wrap this up, but like as a writer, do you think like there are lessons from this you could pull for your future work? That is a great question. I mean, it's funny because narrative film is so, at least what I do is so structured mm-hmm. and I'm very focused on tight storytelling right? Um, and not boring people. 
Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily always about education, although occasionally I throw that in there. Yeah. Um, Edutainment. Like, the, yeah. like, like the whole uh, eugenics, you yeah, know, of course. ball of giggles yeah. that I'll come into <laughs> a theater near you. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really a different art. Yeah. I totally respect it. I don't know that I could do it, but it doesn't inform my filmmaking in, I think in a, in, in an, an immediate on the, in sense. an on the nose way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good question okay. though. But we should, we should have you back at some point. Oh yeah. Let's do a narrative once, film. Yeah. Once you're yeah, totally. like, hey, 50 hey. shades of gray, we're hey. going to 50 shades darker. <laughs> we're doing fun. it. Yeah. A, a, we should do a narrative film, but B, we should also have you back to talk about your films. Oh, once, of course. Once they're out. Yeah. Sure. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Uh, nice. Well guys, this has been the only podcast about OJ <laughs> made in America. Uh, Melissa, when you are not saying points that I believe in my heart far better than mm. I can actually say them, <laughs> where can folks find you and your work? Oh, that's such a good question. Well, hopefully they'll find my work in movie in theaters. theaters. Yeah. Um, but and, until then. And on TV. I mean, I'm on Twitter like that. Is well, like yeah, what's, what's your Twitter okay, handle? Okay, so I'm, oh my God, what is mine? What's is your, it, you know, it Milfers or M Hilfers? Hold on. I'm it could be any you. of those things. I think it's at it Melissa Hilfers. It would be terrible if it was Milfers. I know. <laughs> wow. Really should trademark that. He's not that. the first person to have told me that. Wow. Um, yeah, it's getting a little inappropriate in here. Uh, and I'm um, surprised. You can tell he my... respects you greatly because that's the first joke like that he's made in an hour and a half. It just. It was to... so hard. It was he was holding. I was it really in. like but as soon all as... that rage and enthusiasm <laughs> yeah. about the OJ movie. Now that he's got that, yeah, out, yeah, agree yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you 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 just kind of you just now you're like. <sighs> I've been holding in that Milford's joke for a while. I just meant I meant OJ in general, but yeah. I'm going to watch this again. Um, You're a psychopath. So if you want to find me, you can find me watching the OJ documentary. <laughs> but before that. Oh, yeah, do, no, do, I do think we get, it's at Melissa oh, Hilfers. I think it's at Melissa Hilfers. It's not Hilfers. Hilfers. It's you guys at can Melissa correct Hilfers. It. That's me, right? On t- uh, how, do, how do you know? I go to like a picture of me. You go to, yeah, there you go. It's at a, Melissa Hilfers. M-E-L-I-S-S-A-H-I-L-F-E-R-S. Um, you got, you yeah. got these website? two movies coming out. You've got a I website. I have a bunch of stuff coming out. Yeah, yeah. you'll hear about it. It's all, it's going to be in the trades and papers and stuff. Yeah. It's already in the trades. We're already hearing about it. Well, because I sent you a link. No, I knew. <laughs> Look, I'm on the Dakota, uh, Dakota, what's her name? Dakota, Dakota Pipeline? Johnson. I was like Dakota Fanning. I was about to- well, that's interesting because, well, I'll because, tell you offline, I, there was interest. Uh, oh, sure. I'm things. on the Dakota Johnson's uh, fans, fans on page and, uh, and I saw the notes. She has no. many, many pages. Yes. No, but thank you guys. It was really fun. Yeah, no, thank you for coming. Uh, Shahir? You can find me at ShahirDowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Uh, on Twitter at ShahirDowd.com. Uh, no, at Shahir Dowd. Uh, links to everything is on the website. You can just go there and find it. Even I don't know why you'd want to. Wait, stop, you say that. <laughs> you say that thirty percent of the time because you have good work and you're an interesting human being. That's why people should go to your shit. I don't know. I'm, I I doubt people listen. He is the worst. <laughs> he is the worst at self sort of like uh, publication. You should have learned this? something from OJ. Yeah, hundred percent. Who wants to see this? Or this? If you guys <laughs> want to follow me in any of my life and works, which they are totally worth your time, money, and or effort, you can catch all my stuff at. MatthewKroll.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E, uh, the number four P-R-E-Z, and then on uh, Twitter at Emperor M-S-K. A lot of good stuff on there. If you want to catch all of our stuff uh, for the only podcast about movies, the best place is to find all of our things is either on SoundCloud or iTunes. I kind of prefer iTunes because you can give us stars and rate us if you like what's going on. Uh, please do that. Also, you know, check out our website, OnlyMoviePodcast.com. We have, that's the prettiest way you can experience our content. It's a very nice Squarespace template. Uh, and brought to you by Squarespace? Brought to you by Squarespace, who is not paying us. Um, In fact, we're paying them. We are. Oh, man. <laughs> Melissa, thank you so much once Yay, again for coming guys. on. We have to have you back. And uh, 
real quick, let's just end on, if, you know, the final if he's guilty or innocent. We'll go around the room. I'll point. See you next week. Guilty. 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 <laughs> well, there we go. This is why we're afraid of America. That was a hard one. Yeah. <laughs>